0: Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to NFL Now presented by IKEA. I'm Patrick Claibon here in the NFL LA Newsroom on this Thursday where we've got a couple more non-draft Thursdays before the 2023 NFL Draft. Today on this show we have two pretty good offensive linemen prospects ahead of the NFL Draft. But let's start with what is new right now coming into the NFL LA Newsroom, including a team... As we welcome in, uh, as we talk some skill positions, two of our, our most uh, skilled position guys at the NFL Network Insider level. It's NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport, mm. as well as Mike Follow. Appreciate you guys, despite the, the odd glances uh, from Ian. And we have a team that's not necessarily picking in the Bryce Young range
2: right now. Uh, taking a visit from Bryce Young, what can you tell us? That would be the Las Vegas Raiders, who, of course, have done all the quarterback homework, were at all the pro days, and are expected to visit with all the top guys throughout the course of the process. Bryce Young is there today, the Alabama quarterback who is certainly in contention to be the number one overall pick by the Carolina Panthers. If he is not taking one, if the Panthers go with C.J. Stroud or potentially other, uh, then presumably Bryce Young would go too. So why are the Las Vegas Raiders meeting with him? Well, one would think, Mike, that potentially they would consider a trade up to two. I know there were some people who thought they might end up trading up to one before the Carolina Panthers made that big move with the Chicago Bears. Either way, one thing we know about the draft is you really have no idea. And so it is better to just do your homework and be ready for every crazy situation rather than not. I'd say that's probably the category that the Raiders are in right now, talking to Bryce Young on his Top 30 visit.
3: NFL Now. We have no idea. Every Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 Eastern on NFL Network. Great job selling this one, Ian. Uh, but I would say this. I feel like these teams who are kind of in the mix for a quarterback have maybe one or two that they're really identifying. And in order to cover their tracks, or are kind of meeting with everybody. I think the Raiders understand that there's a slim chance that they get themselves Bryce Young. But if we're going to evaluate the quarterbacks, we're going to evaluate all of them. We're going to do a deep dive. This way we have a full understanding of the entire class. And again, if somebody's looking for who we're looking at, they don't necessarily know because we've kind of met with all of them. So they were at that Alabama Pro Day uh, down in Tuscaloosa after Bryce Young met with the or had dinner, excuse me, with the Carolina Panthers. He then walked over to the Raiders table and met with them afterwards. So the Raiders definitely doing their due diligence uh, seemingly on all the quarterbacks, including Bryce Young.
1: Yeah, and you could build a relationship Mike, for were you... things
2: that may change down the road. Yeah, and Ian... Uh, Wait, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. I have some questions. Mike, were you watching, were you spying on their dinner?
3: Uh, I was not spying on their dinner. I kind of have eyes everywhere. So do you. Don't act like you don't. You, you do the same thing that I do. Well, it's
1: very specific. Yeah, If in, in defense of Ian, if we don't know, uh, Mike, or if you guys don't know, it's because the Raiders don't know, because nobody knows until the, until the actual draft starts, except... Uh, the machinations of dinner and movement about uh, the particular restaurant, which Mike is, is well attuned to uh, at this point. But let's look over uh, to a quarterback who was the number one overall pick. Cam Newton had a chance to throw at Auburn's Pro Day. He says he's willing to be a backup, Ian, in 2023. What can you tell us there?
2: Yeah, and he listed several of the quarterbacks that he'd be willing to be a backup for, which were basically all of the top guys, as you would sort of think, plus uh, several rookies. So Cam Newton would be open to, in his words, uh, mentoring a rookie coming in, being a backup for one of the top quarterbacks and saying, you know what, I will help you in a way that, I don't know if he was helped coming out, but he probably didn't need it because he was a pretty awesome quarterback coming out. This is a tough one for me, Mike, because you know Cam Newton has not played in a while. And when he did play, it did not go great. I mean, this sounds like to me, despite that he looked pretty good throwing at Auburn Pro Day, including throwing to his brother, who is a prospect at William & Mary, this sounds like a quarterback who probably has played his last down in the NFL. And I know it's saying all the right things and wanting to be a backup quarterback. I just know looking around the league, most of the backup quarterback jobs are set. And the ones that aren't are teams that plan to draft a backup quarterback. I would be at this point, I would be very surprised if Cam Newton never played again in the NFL.
3: Well, Cam Newton's trying to set the record straight because when he was done in New England, he said, I was going to be a distraction as a backup. What he was saying was they were going to perceive me as being a distraction. As and that, That's what he said. Yeah. It's not that he didn't want to be a backup or was threatening that he was going to be a distraction. So he's trying to set the record straight and saying, if you want me in there and you want my skill set, I'm willing to be a guy that will work with the starter, whether it's a young guy or whoever, he was well-liked in the locker room. He's always been well-liked in the locker room. I mean, I, I know that, that Cam comes with a lot, right? I get that part. But this is not a guy that I really feel like is a distraction in the sense of he's doing things to undermine other players. That's never been the case with Cam Newton. Frankly, I would explore it if I was an NFL team and I wasn't exactly solid at the backup position. But I, I sort of agree with you, Ian. I think there's a lot of general managers and coaches out there who will say, eh, we'll look for something else where I don't necessarily agree with that.
1: Yeah, and there's one uh, coach that we do know uh, had a very good relationship with Cam Newton during their time in Carolina. That is the Washington Commanders head coach, Ron Rivera, speaking about the fifth-year option for former top-ten
2: pick Chase Young. What can you tell us there, Ian? Ron Rivera saying that the health situation surrounding Chase Young and obviously played sparingly last year, took the entire year to come back from a very significant ACL injury. That plays a part in their decision about whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option in the beginning of May. That is not the only decision. Uh, that is not the only factor in the decision for the Carolina Panthers for this $20 million, $20 million or so uh, fully guaranteed tag. Remember, they're fully guaranteed now, so much different than they used to be when they were originally injury guaranteed and then eventually fully guaranteed. All fully guaranteed now. So there's injury situation for Chase Young, and he's going to have to be fully healthy and ready to go. And then there's the other situation, which is the commanders do not yet have a – Owner for the long term, it seems pretty clear that Dan Snyder going to sell in probably the coming weeks, potentially the coming months. These $20 million decisions are often made by owners in uh, accordance with general managers and coaches. Sounds like Ron Rivera would like to know what the new owner thinks before he makes this decision as well. So no word yet on the future of Sean. Yeah, uh,
1: Certainly an explosive player and a guy we want, can't wait to see uh, back healthy. Uh, in the league in Chase Young, yeah. regardless of how this uh, particular contract situation plays out. Let's look to a guy who we're looking forward to in the 2023 NFL Draft. That's Devin Witherspoon. He was talking about his potential reunion uh, with a former teammate, Kirby Joseph. And there's uh, other news. Mike, what can you tell us there?
3: Devin Witherspoon working out for teams yesterday at his pro day. Uh, I was told he was timed anywhere from 4-1, uh, 4-4-1, excuse me, to 4 4 Our Daniel Jeremiah says 4 to four four six. Who do you believe? Frankly, I believe him. But regardless, it's in the low to mid 4-4s for Devin Witherspoon, which was a really good time. Uh, He had an excellent workout from what I was told from all evaluators on hand. Uh, So potentially could be the first cornerback taken potentially by the Detroit Lions. I'm told that he spent a good amount of time with the Lions around that pro day. So let's look for Devin Witherspoon as a surefire, what it seems like, although Ian says nobody knows anything about the draft. A surefire top-ten pick after this workout yesterday.
2: First of all, I agree with you. I trust Daniel Jeremiah way more than I trust you. But let's talk about another top cornerback who's on a visit. Actually, today, Joey Porter is on a visit with the Ravens. Joey Porter Jr., not the other Joey Porter. But remember, Joey Porter played a lot for the Steelers, was very good. Uh, his son is on a visit with the Ravens, which would be just spectacular and great theater and lots of fun, and I know it's certainly a position the Ravens would take a pretty hard look at in the draft. Also has the Las Vegas Raiders on his visit sheet. That is another team that will look hard at the cornerback position. I'm not sure if it's going to be seven. but certainly would be a possibility there. Anyway, that is one of the top cornerbacks visiting a potential cornerback drafting team.
1: And it gives us visions of perhaps Joey Porter visiting, wearing a a Ravens jacket on the sideline. would be a lot of fun reaction there. But we do, aside from fun, we do have actual news today, breaking news coming to the NFL LA Newsroom, courtesy of you, Mike Garofolo The Jets are finally getting a former Packers quarterback. What can you tell us?
3: Yes, it's all happening. It's here. It's happening. Stay calm. The Jets have signed veteran quarterback Tim Boyle, yes. former Packers quarterback who was – with Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator with the Jets in Green Bay. So there's your reunion, Tim Boyle and Nathaniel Hackett about to reunite in Florham Park with the Jets. Tim Boyle's a guy that a lot of folks like throughout his career, including... Aaron Rodgers, like, that, we're messing with people now, right? Like, I don't mean to make light of Tim Boyle signing. I think he's got a shot to stick around, perhaps be the primary backup, perhaps be a guy that's going to work with Zach Wilson. But obviously the connection to Aaron Rodgers and the fact that you've got a guy now that knows Nathaniel Hackett, and if Rodgers is not available for whatever reason in the spring at any point, whether it's OTAs or minicamp or even in the summer with training camp because who knows how long this is going to take. At least you got Tim Boyle there to run the offense for the rest of the guys. Yeah, at this point, who
1: cares how long it's going to – they got Tim Boyle, so there's, there's no pro- problem solved. Yeah, we're, we're good. We've been tracking it all offseason. It's finally here, thanks to NFL Network Insiders, to Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofolo especially, regarding the news on Tim Boyle. We do have news from one of the best receivers in the NFL, Tyreek Hill, had an incredible 2022 season, over 1,700 yards receiving, 119 catches, and he was talking about his future on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
4: How many more years do you think you can play I'm
5: or going, do you want to play? I'm going for 10, man. I'm going to finish out this contract
2: with the Dolphins, man, and then I'm going to call it quits. You know, I want to I go into the business side, you know. Um, you want to be in the coaching too, right? Yeah, but not for long, though. Like, I want to like, do so many things in my life, bro. Chiefs Kingdom, when the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead Stadium this year, guess what we going to do? Guess what we going to do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it. But guess what? I'm going to be y'all worst enemy that day. I'm going to be y'all worst enemy hey, that day. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that now. We'll just get rid of that. You better change the signals. I know every signal y'all got.
1: Well, Tyreek was having fun during their interview, but the, now his mentions are getting a bit itchy. He says, stop tagging me. I know what I said. Just having a little fun there. That's signified by the the emoji. Tyreek knows what he's doing. He's just having fun on a radio show. Let's have some fun with Jeff Jadia joining us now to talk about his former team, the Chiefs. They have to look forward to that, but they also have to find a a wide receiver because they're still looking uh, after Tyreek's departure. Jeff, what are they doing there?
6: Yes, they are. In fact, they had Quentin Johnston, the TCU star receiver, in this past week to talk about the possibility of him being an option there. Now, he's going to be – highly coveted so he might not be anywhere close to where they're going to draft at 31 overall but the Chiefs have to start fortifying their wide receiver core all they have back from last year's group is Marquez Valdez Scanling Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony Andy Reid is very high on Tony by the way he loves his his quickness and his potential but again you need to round this group out and they talked about bringing back Justin Watson who was a key cog last year um they obviously free agency doesn't have a ton of options here so They will be looking for a receiver in the draft at some point, and they're going to have to find ways to do this. But as General Manager Brett Beach said, good thing here, Patrick Mahomes has proved he can play with a lot of different receivers. Whoever's out there, they'll find a way to get it done.
1: Looking back to going to having a generational athlete, and Tyreek Hill to finding a way, and they were able to do it and win the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs still a pretty good organization with a pretty good coach and quarterback. Let's talk about another explosive athlete. You went down to Texas Tech's Pro Day. Uh, Tyree Wilson was dealing with an injury. How's he doing, and how was uh, the performance down there?
6: Well, in talking to his agent, Eric Burkhardt, during that, that workout, he was pretty excited about just the, the demand for Tyree Wilson. He's got a ton of visit schedules. He's been with the Texans this week. Uh, the Bears yesterday he's going to visit with every top 10 team and as you mentioned he had that foot surgery back in November and there was discussion about since he missed the combine and didn't work out the pro day whether he would do a workout in April. Uh, Burkhart said he might do a virtual workout not something where they're going to have a bunch of scouts come to and look at him but just something that would check the boxes because they feel like what they're hearing from a lot of these teams is that workout or not there's a lot of excitement about what this kid can do in the NFL and Seattle, the Lions, a lot of teams need pass rushers, Raiders. Very good chance that he's going to be a top ten pick, regardless of workout or not.
1: Yeah, we saw uh, Lance Irline mocked him number two overall. Yeah. The, the <laughs> rising is coming uh, for Tyree Wilson. Thanks for Jeff Chedia, uh checking out a couple of things here with us on NFL. Now, as we continue on the show, we, we've got a, a lot of prospects uh, to look forward to, including one of the most intriguing prospects who's been called a icon for a look we talk with Cody Mock on the mock draft as indicated on the lower third there he is set to join us coming up on NFL Now Wake up to the of
0: the that you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses We're back here
1: on NFL Now looking ahead to the 2023 NFL Draft. And Cody Mock is a two-time FCS All-American out of North Dakota State. Started all 15 games in 2022 and won four FCS National Championships, started 39 consecutive games, and joins us now on NFL Now, a serious contender for most interesting man in the 2023 draft. He's running a little AV right now, holding the camera, dealing with some airplane issues. Cody, thanks for spending time with us on NFL Now, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me on. So, coming up, looking into this draft, I, I, I'm going through. I see a Google article that highlights you as an iconic-looking FCS prospect coming to visit the New England Patriots. What's the reaction for you been like from other people reacting to just your look, man?
5: Yeah, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> I uh, I figured when I started to grow out the, the long hair and decided not to get my teeth fixed that um, it, it would it would become something like that.
1: So many comments about looking like a football player, looking like a football guy. To you, uh, what does a football player look like? Is that even a thing?
5: I I didn't think that was a thing, I guess. I I, I don't know.
1: And so, uh, Cody, looking back uh, at your time, there's obviously so many guys out of North Dakota State the past few years who have made this leap, who've had successful uh, NFL careers. What's it been like to be a part of that family? Because your family is a big part of the Bison family as well.
5: Yeah, you know, there's just so so many good guys that come through that program, guys that go on to play at the next level, guys that don't. Um, Just a lot of great people to learn from. When I was a young guy in the program, there's so many people to look up to. And then even as I'm growing up in the program, you got guys like Dylan Radins and uh, like Easton, Cordell, Christian was in my class. Uh, just so many, so, so many good athletes that, uh, and great leaders that you can just kind of learn from.
1: And, and going through, of course, you've evolved your look over the years, but you've also evolved as a player, Cody. Looking back, uh, tell us about Cody uh, Mount, the, the tight end, the receiving prospect coming up. And, and is that guy still in there?
5: I, I really think he's in there somewhere. Um, I, I was pushing all year to try to get some kind of tackle throwback play and uh, never really got it done just to show that, hey, I can still do a little bit of tight end. Uh, but um, I, guess, I guess we'll have to see.
1: You did have the, the two-point conversion, right, a, a couple of years ago in the playoff game. We're looking back at some of your, your, your prep football uh this this guy is making plays. It looked like you had you had uh, number 3 was dealing with some problems there trying to cover you in the secondary. Um it's it's been those years though. Why why do we never go back to it? You felt like they only had one offensive line throwback play uh that, that we, we we don't want to go back.
5: Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, we've done it before too. Uh, uh yeah, a couple of years ago got got to catch a two-point conversion which was awesome, but uh yeah, I was hoping to get some kind of play in.
1: And we're, and we're looking here at, at you over the years. Of course, you, you elect to keep uh, the teeth, but then the hair starts to come out. Um, you've got this versatility, the, the athleticism. Cody, where do you think you best fit uh, in the NFL uh, here on the offensive line?
5: You know, I really think it's tough to label myself. Um, I, I don't want to sound political or anything, but it, it really I, I really don't know exactly. Like I've played tackle my whole, my whole career. And, uh, you know, get comfortable playing guard and playing center as well. It's really just, I mean, whatever a team wants me to play, I feel comfortable I can do that.
1: And going back, you're, we're looking at some of your success you had on the field. You I saw a tweet where you said, uh, got to love some Billy Joel after the game. If you're, if you're picking, is there a particular Billy Joel song? Are you going through albums? Uh, what, what Billy Joel spot is going on the playlist oh, after geez. the
5: week? That might have been about twenty fourteen. I don't even know. I don't know. I was maybe listening to a little uh, for the longest time. Me and my buddies were big into that at the time.
1: Going you know, back, always always fun uh, to to harvest old tweets. Uh, that one is exceedingly innocuous, and still it still holds up uh, today. And Cody, looking, you've also uh, picked up the violin. That there was a violin celebration. Take us through that, man.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was really just. Uh, uh, for our semifinal games, you know, it, when we win that one, we go down, we play the national championship in Texas. And for us, we always, uh, we always play on the loudspeakers. Uh, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band by Alabama. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just been kind of a tradition where we just kind of do an air fiddle on the field. And I was kind of doing that. <clears throat> and then one of my teammates came up and actually handed me a fiddle and I'm like, no, no, like don't do it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. <laughs> and, uh, so I started just trying to play it, and then, um, yeah, I got I got a that next Monday I got a a violin lesson from a sixth grade orchestra class.
1: As it, it, it's. A, I'm really interested, in, Cody. I'm gonna have to hit you up to get the backstory of uh, who was holding the violin the whole game, and it, it looked pristine by the time it got to you. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to, to catch up on. But Cody, Malk, thanks for spending time with us on NFL Now. Can't wait to see uh, where your NFL career starts, man. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. One of the best uh, lineman prospects. And there's another. It's Peter Skoranski. Skoranski, number two on Bucky Brooks' top five tackle prospects coming in to the 2023 NFL draft. And here's a look at his first draft.
4: the top-rated
3: offensive
7: tackle. My style of play is technically dominated guy.
3: Skaronsky, get a block, knocks him out of the play.
7: Every single down for four quarters, Speed up on him and make him quit. Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman, Northwestern University. I'm from Park Ridge, Illinois. Grew up a Packers fan in Chicago, which was kind of fun, living and dying with the Packers. My grandfather's name is Bob Skaronsky. Play for the Packers in the 1960s under Vince Lombardi. Starting left tackle, offensive captain, uh, won five NFL championships, including two Super Bowls. I think the left tackle position has changed a lot since you know the 1960s, but I think just his mentality of being consistent and being someone that can be relied on by his team is inspiring to me and something I strive for. I didn't play tackle football until sixth grade, uh, which is a little bit later than most people. My dad was one of my first coaches. He's a very stern coach and uh, kind of disciplinary. And it's always funny seeing other kids react to like just how disciplined my dad is as a coach. Ten push-ups when they weren't listening or talking while he was talking. He's strict like that. At times throughout this process, I've kind of stopped and been like, oh wow, this is really happening. Draft night will be my biggest sort of a wow moment that this is really happening and just sort of the culmination of what I've dreamed about since I was a kid. Found my dream, but found my grandfather's footsteps carrying that Skorowski name. And coming up tomorrow on
1: NFL Now, we got a couple of skilled position guys, including UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson and then Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, both joining the show. That's tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern, right here on NFL Network. Looking at what the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to accomplish in their first year under Doug Peterson and now looking to the future in Jacksonville that's coming up. Next little bit on win, NFL. Winning win, win.
5: yeah. everything
2: else. Win, win 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 win. These ups ain't Lit. Mommy.
0: Picking number 1 in the 2020. 2020- you go into your shower feeling tired. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 42 NFL
1: Draft all the way to a playoff berth. And here's the changes that the Jags have seen in 2023. Those are the additions on the left. They do lose Marvin Jones Jr., but they have Calvin Ridley coming in. Also, Jawan Taylor now will play tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. For more on the Jacksonville Drag Wars, we'll bring in Sarah Walsh. Uh, good afternoon to you, Sarah. You spoke with Doug Peterson this week. How different is the draft strategy this year from what it was last year?
8: Well, a year ago, I was camped out up there in Jacksonville because they had the number one pick in the draft. And I remember walking out on the field. It was the first time that Doug Peterson got to do any hands-on work with the players that were already there in Jacksonville in April. And Doug told me this week, it's definitely a different vibe, right? Because last year, all eyes were on Jacksonville and they held the keys to the draft. They were on the clock the entire time and they controlled what they were going to do. And he said, obviously, it's different when this year you're going to sit back and wait there at 24th overall. But it is a little bit different in terms of strategy because a year ago they had a record spending in that offseason. They spent like more than one hundred and seventy five million dollars on players. And Doug said that's because it allowed them to solidify what they needed at certain positions. And in some ways, he said that took a little bit of the pressure off of the draft because they chose what positions they were going to fill. He said this year, obviously, you're still looking for value, but now we're really looking for depth. He said he feels like they've really filled out this roster. Well, now they're going to go look for depth. So the Jacksonville Jaguars looking to get stronger once Again, after really a dream season for them, Peterson and their GM, Trent Balky told me they are never going to be drafting number one again. And so far, Patrick, they are holding true to that promise.
1: And that's because they saw so much improvement uh, last year. Where do they want to see improvement now, sir?
8: Well, Peterson said that they got a taste of what it's like having the spotlight on them. And I I believe that most people are going to think this is the team to beat in the division if you look at what else is going on there. But he said, ultimately, while they had a really nice run, we didn't meet our goal. So he said, it's now time for a reset for this team. And he doesn't want to take away from what they did last year, because certainly it was such a drastic improvement for the Jaguars. But now their eye is on something much bigger. And he made no bones about it. He said, we have to get better on third downs. And he said, that's offense and defense we got to stay on the field on third down on defense we have to get off of the field and then he said they want to be better in the red zone he said they need to be more efficient they can't have those turnovers in the red zone and he referenced trevor lawrence sort of just catapulting himself into this next level in the second half of that season. Well, now Lawrence is going to have another weapon in Calvin Ridley, who Peterson said is so excited to be there. Peterson hasn't been able to work with him yet, but we have seen video, obviously, of of Lawrence working with his new receiver, and that should alleviate some pressure on other guys, like Christian Kirk, who had an amazing year for the Jaguars. So things are really looking up in Jacksonville, and they're excited to get this thing going once again, and they're certainly excited to have Ridley. Peterson told me they have watched every single snap he ever took. In Atlanta, Patrick.
1: Yeah, the coming out for a season where in the regular season they, they won six of their last seven games, uh scoring well over twenty-five points per game. Looking forward to the Jags in
4: 2023. Thank you to Sarah Walsh. What a strike. It'll be Robinson to the second level and beyond. Touchdown! That's Bijan Robinson under immediate pressure off the edge and cannot escape. Will Anderson. Oh
6: my gosh! Stroud fires and it is grabbed in the end zone. C.J. Stroud. Wow, what a throw!
1: This week, the new edition of Daniel Jeremiah's Top 50 Prospects. It's the fourth version dropping on NFL.com, and it's all tied at the top. Bryce Young and then Will Anderson Jr., Bijan Robinson, Tyree Wilson, and Jalen Carter rounding out the top five. For more on a breakdown of the whole top 50, including some guys who've risen up on the board, here's the Path to the Draft. Group.
4: Hello, fellow draft enthusiasts and mock drafters. Welcome to the set of Path to the Draft. Brett Lewis, Bucky Brooks, and Cynthia Freeland here with you. Daniel Jeremiah, of course. Not in studio with us, but here in spirit after releasing his latest update to the top 50 prospects in this year's draft. And we're looking at the biggest risers that DJ uh, has identified and DJ Ojolari takes the cake, moving up from 42 to 35, plus 7 moving up the list. And then you got a host of players sitting there at plus 4 that are going up as well. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that they did anything right or wrong to make that move but just getting a clearer picture. What does that picture tell you about BJ, bud? Well, he does a couple things that allows him to grow and rise in the scouting community. He has speed and he has skills. And that'll go a long way when it comes to being an edge Rusher. This guy has great first-step quickness, outstanding snap count anticipation, plays with a relentless motor so he never stops moving on the field. And then he has finishing skills. When he turns the corner, gets close to the quarterback, he knocks them down. That is one of the reasons why he's a hot, hot commodity in this guy. And could be finding himself in that first-round conversation, if you're sitting there as the 35th overall player, in this draft class, so a name to watch as we get closer to April 27th. Cynthia, let's talk uh, a little bit about Hinden Hooker and his rise.
8: Well, you talked about commodities, and I'm talking to you about something that's super rare, which is the quarterback position. And that lift is probably due to something that I look at to judge what is the best a quarterback can do. And that's your throwing from a clean pocket when you're not under pressure. Look at what he can do in the deep passing game when he's not under pressure. That upside will help scouts forecast what his ultimate ability would be at the next level, and let's just say it is very good.
4: I love Hendon Hooker uh, as a prospect, as a person. A lot to like there as a potential face of somebody's franchise down the road. I'm going to go to another riser. In fact, the biggest riser or the highest riser among the wide receiver group, and that uh, is Jackson smith Jigba from Ohio State, who actually rose above now NFL wideouts Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave who he was teammates with back in 2021. It was JSN who actually had the better production that year for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Phenomenal Rose Bowl game that year too. Didn't get to see him a lot this year so I think that's why maybe now we're just kind of starting to get reminded about how good of a player this guy is when he's healthy and on the field and certainly understand why DJ has him as number 19 on his top 50 prospects list. Could very well be the first wide receiver Off the board. And you get much more of this kind of analysis as we lead up to the draft right here on Path to the Draft, each and every weekday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired.
3: to saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day just fill up six times with shell v power nitro plus premium gasoline and it's yours plus you'll rejuvenate your engine get ready to level up performance rewards and savings with continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors platinum status is earned with 12 fill over three months 10 gallon minimum per fill at participating shell locations terms apply visit fuelrewardscom slash status